Hi there, it's great to be able to connect like this again. And we're going to continue our theme for the month here at New Life of Embrace Prayer. We know it's a year to embrace, and this month the focus is on embracing prayer. And the reality is, prayer is such a big topic in our lives. It's something which is important to people of faith, and yet we've probably all got different views or opinions on prayer. What, how, when, where, to name a few. But the reality is prayer is a key part of what we do, but we have many misconceptions or many things or views we hold which are not helpful to us. I read some quotes about prayer this week and before I share about a great prayer in the Bible. These quotes I found pretty helpful to me. First one's an anonymous quote which says, if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. There's another great one from E.M. Bounds, which says, prayer should not be regarded as a duty which must be performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed. And then a great quote from Martin Luther, who most of us have probably heard of, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. What a great quote that is about prayer. But the reality is prayer is something which should be a constant in our lives. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. Other versions, pray continually. Never stop praying. And I'm going to read from the book of Nehemiah, the first chapter, which is one of the great stories of the Old Testament, one of the great prayers of the Old Testament. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It should come up on your screen. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, which is around about November, December time, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name 
to be honoured. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. O Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honouring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favourable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Great prayer from Nehemiah. In the context here, some of the Jews have returned from exile back to Jerusalem and they've found that the city walls are broken down. The city is defenseless. It's in a bad state. And even though Nehemiah is not there, he's in Persia. He's a cupbearer to the king, which is a person who tastes the drinks before the king got them to make sure they were not poisoned. But it was more than that. He was like a confident, an advisor, well-paid position, influential. He was living in some sort of comfort in Persia. But despite the external comfort, there was internal concern. No matter where he was, he was concerned about what was going on in Jerusalem. And you know, for us, it's easy, even in some kind of restrictive setting where we live just now, to still get into comfort zones instead of being concerned about what's going on in our world and in our lives. We should have a concern that the status quo of where we're at should not remain the status quo. We should be concerned about some issues going on in our world. And while prayer is something we should be doing regularly, it's something we should be praying, doing every day, praying without ceasing. But there's something about when something concerns us, something gets to us, something which just eats away at us, which causes a burden and a concern to fill us. And that's where Nehemiah was at when he was made aware of Jerusalem's walls being destroyed, the city being defenseless. It wasn't a, oh no, oh dear. It wasn't a, oh let's blame the government, let's go on social media and complain and moan about everything we can. It wasn't, oh well, we're just living in terrible days, we just have to go on with it, the end is coming, let's just hold on. No, there was something within him which says, this is not right. This is not the way it should be. I've got a concern for what's going on in my world. This keeps me awake every night. This is something which I'm not going to accept. It doesn't have to be like this. This isn't God's kingdom being shown on our world. This isn't thy well being done on earth. Something can change when was the last time you and I had something of a concern within us which was greater than the comfort where we were at, which says this is not right, this is not what God wants, this is not the heart of God, it's not the will of God, this is not what God wants for our world and for our life. And it so moved us like it did Nehemiah that we decided this concern had to move from concern into doing something, into a commitment. And Nehemiah's concern moved to commitment because he had a compassion. And I heard a great definition of compassion recently, which says, your pain in my heart. And he was moved by the pain of Jerusalem and the people of Jerusalem and God's people. And it pained him and it's something in his heart which says, I'm concerned about this and I'm going to do something about it. 
The heartfelt supplication of a righteous man exerts a mighty influence, one version of James 5.16 says. But Nehemiah's concern moved to a commitment, a commitment to start by praying. Often we can be concerned, but it stays a concern. But this month we're embracing prayer, and whatever is concerning us, it should at least move us to commitment to pray. Nehemiah moved from a concern to a commitment to pray. And what we find, if you know the story, that as he moved into that commitment to pray, it became to the realization that he was the answer to his prayers. And he moved on to action. But as we embrace prayer, my concern is that we move from concern to prayer. He said, when I heard this, this is Nehemiah speaking, When I heard that this had happened, that the walls were broken, that the people of Jerusalem were not in a good state, that the city was not in a good state, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days, I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Not just a quick two-minute prayer and forget about it. But for days he fasted, he wept, he mourned, he prayed, he called upon God, he spent time with God's presence. It wasn't just a quick, let's get it over and done It so affected him that he spent time in deep prayer and commitment. You know, this Friday, we have got a half night of prayer between 6 o'clock and 11 o'clock. It's a Zoom prayer meeting. Other things that concern you in our world. Is there things in your life that are concerning? Well, make a commitment to join. I'm not saying join for the whole five hours, though if you want, that's fine. But make a commitment if you're concerned to say, I'm going to pray about our nation. I'm going to pray about my family. I'm going to pray about our communities. I'm going to pray about this world we're living in. And I'm going to commit because I'm concerned about where we're at. And Nehemiah realized it wasn't just a case of one prayer. You know, in the Bible we read, ask and it shall be given. Seek, you shall find. Knock and it will be open to you. But the actual translation means keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's an ongoing attitude of prayer. And Nehemiah made that commitment because of a concern. How concerned are we? We should be embracing prayer. But let me just say what I'm saying about embracing prayer, and it's both from concern in many ways. Prayer is not us getting our will done in heaven. It's about us tuning in with God to get his will to be done on earth. The first week we spoke and embraced prayer, Pastor Colin Much shared a great message from Samuel with one of the most powerful, challenging prayers in the Bible. And Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And if we look at Nehemiah when he prayed here, this version says this in verse 4, for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Verse 5. Then I 
said. I hope you got that. After I just spent days before God, spending time connecting with God, getting before God, spending time just getting before him, connecting with God. Once I'd done that for a spell, then I spoke. Then I prayed this prayer. It's similar to what Pastor David Smith mentioned last week about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he was spending time with Father God, he came to the point in his prayer where he says, nevertheless, not what I want, not my will, but your will be done, Father God. And you know, when we come in prayer and embrace prayer, it's about coming not just not with a shopping list into God's presence, which we ought so often do. If we're real, if we're honest, we come with, give me, give me, give me, give me. Not a man after midnight, but give me, give me, give me this, give me that, give me the next thing. While prayer is us connecting with God to catch the heart of God, to get concerned about what concerns God and to be connected to what God is saying and doing in these days. And maybe if we just came and we recognize that we have the privilege of coming into the presence of God. The fact that we can come and pray to Almighty God is a privilege. It's an honor that we can just come into his presence. And maybe if we just come in with that attitude, not to give, give, but I'm coming into your presence to connect with you, God, to catch your heart, to spend time in your presence. Then maybe we can experience what the psalmist David experienced. In Psalm 37, Verse 4, it says, if you take delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Because let me explain what happens to you. When we delight in God, when we delight in the Lord, when we praise him and worship him, when we get into his presence and take delight with being his presence, something changes within us and those selfish gimme, gimme prayers and desires leave and we catch the hearts of God and his desires then we come into our heart and then he answers the desires that he has put in our heart because they become his desires and that's what happened with Nehemiah he came before God and then when he spent time before God he then prayed that great prayer and some lessons we can look at from that prayer because Nehemiah's concern led to Nehemiah's commitment to pray. And that led, in his prayer, to his confession. There was a confession of fault, but also a confession of faith that we can look at. Some things we can learn from this prayer of Nehemiah. We can embrace some of Nehemiah's attitude as he prayed this great prayer. First of all, there was a recognition of who he was praying to. Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God. What a way to start a prayer. Recognizing who it is when we come to embrace prayer, who we are praying to. We're praying to the God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who puts stars in space, the one who parts seas, the God who calms storms, heals lepers, raises the dead, 
open blind eyes, the one who holds the universe together, the one to whom nothing is impossible. Let me encourage you today, when you come to pray before God, that's the God that you are praying to, the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, the one to whom the Bible says nothing is impossible. What confidence we can have when we come to pray, when we embrace prayer, when we come to God. We are praying to the God to whom no matter what we pray, He is able to answer our prayer. There's not a prayer that we can ask that He's not able to answer. Also, there's an acknowledgement here that we are the problem. God is not the problem. We look at the state of our world. God is not the problem. God loves every person on the planet. Nehemiah comes and says, it's us who have messed up. It's us who need to confess and receive forgiveness. You know, in praying, it's a great time to come afresh to God when we pray and just receive fresh forgiveness when we need it. The great news is that if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all wickedness, all unrighteousness. But you know, the Bible says in Psalm 24, 3, who can stand in his holy place? The one who's got clean hands and a pure heart. I'm so thankful that I can come into the presence of God, not because of my righteousness, but because of Jesus' sacrifice. I receive the forgiveness of God and I'm righteous in his eyes, and I'm welcome in his presence. And that's not just a one-off. There's often we need to come, like Nehemiah comes and says, we acknowledge, listen, we're part of the problem here. We're sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Cleanse me afresh. Maybe you just need to come before God today and say, just please, I'm coming into your presence. There's so much in my heart. I've got concern, but I just need that fresh cleansing that forgiveness. Maybe you've never experienced it in the first place. Maybe you're watching this and you've never asked Jesus to be your savior. You've never recognized as a God who's willing to forgive you no matter what you've done or where you've been and that Jesus took the punishment instead of you and you just need to simply pray a prayer and say, God, forgive me, make me clean. Thank you, Jesus, for dying and taking my punishment. And when you pray that prayer, God comes and wipes your slate clean and brings forgiveness into your life. And it's good to do that. When we embrace prayer, it's good to spend time doing that. But some other points, when you're praying, pray God's word. Speak God's word. Look at Nehemiah's prayer after he spent time in the presence of God. His prayer was along the lines, God, remember what you said. Not in an arrogant way. You know, we less than perfect people can sometimes remember what people say so that we can bring it back up at a convenient time. That's not what Nehemiah was doing. Nehemiah is praying, God, you're a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping, faithful God. And I'm praying your word. I'm coming before you saying, Lord God Almighty, your word says this. You said if you return, you'll gather us again. 
and these are your people, and you are a faithful God, and I'm praying what you have said. And you know, as we embrace prayer, let me say to you, don't keep praying problems. Don't keep praying what is wrong. Don't keep praying what is bad in your life. Because if all you're doing is praying your problems and your difficulties, I want to tell you, by the end of your prayer, you'll feel worse than you did before you started the prayer. You might say, oh God, I've got a headache, and I've got a headache, and it's sore, and it's been with me all day, and if you keep going on like that, let me say to you, you may be started with a headache, but you're going to end up with a migraine. And I'm not saying you don't say it, but you don't focus on the problem. You focus on the word of God. Father God, I've got a migraine, but your word says that by his stripes, I am healed. Father God, I've got children who are away from you, who have walked away from you. They're not even walking anything like the way I want them to be. But your word says that you will return the backslider. You will restore the backslider. God, I've got so many wasted years and I've messed up again. But your word says that you can restore the years that the, the locust is eating. Maybe you've got financial difficulty and you can give God all your problems and know oh, this is wrong and that bills due. And Lord, I do all you my finance, but you could also say, but Lord, you said that you will supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Today, people, as we embrace prayer, don't pray your problems constantly. Pray the word of God like Nehemiah did. God, I'm coming before you and I'm concerned, but it's a concern which is a concern for you because your word has got something to say about it. And if the very least, if you're praying the word of God, let me just say faith will rise because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And lastly, in Nehemiah's prayer, expect God to answer. Expect success in your prayers. Expect God to do what you're asking him to do. Lord, Nehemiah says, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Because you, those who honor you, you will honor, the word says. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. And if you know the story, when he went into the king's presence and the king was favorable to him. When we come in prayer and praise God, Hebrews 11 say, 6 says this, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Today, we are embracing prayer. Lessons from Nehemiah. Are we concerned about what's going on right about us? Have we got a concern, a burden, a cause within us? Because there's enough in our world to be concerned about. But we need to move from concern to make a commitment to pray. Nothing changes without prayer. 
history shows that even any revival has been birthed in prayer. You and I are the answers to prayers. We are where we are because people have prayed for us. Have you got someone you're concerned about? Have you got a situation you're concerned about? Make a commitment to pray. Embrace prayer. And when you do, come into God's presence. And before you throw out your shopping list, just come into his presence, spend time, and connect with the Father heart of God. And you'll find that you begin to change. I've said this so many times before. There's an old saying I saw which says, prayer changes things. It does, but I believe that prayer changes people who then change things. And that's what happened with Nehemiah. And then when he prayed, he prayed a confession of the word of God. When we're praying, let's confess and pray the word of God to see a change come into our world for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those who have got concerns right now. Father, I pray, Lord, that we will come and embrace prayer in a fresh and a new way in this season. And those concerns we're going to bring to you. We're going to make a commitment to pray and to keep on praying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Father God, we don't want to just pray what we want, but we want to come and commit to spending time with you and connecting with the heart of our God. And Father, I pray that as we come and connect with your heart and as we pray your word over our situations and over our lives, that faith will rise. And Father, I pray for success in our prayers in a sense that our God will answer the prayers of his people as we seek to honour you in our prayer life. And Father, for every prayer right now which is coming out of lips or in the hearts of your people that are watching this, Father God, I pray that Almighty God, the God of heaven, creator of the universe, will come and do what only he can do. Father God, where there's impossibility, let possibility come and wipe out impossibility. Let the reality of the kingdom of heaven burst forth into every situation. And I pray for us individually and collectively as a church that we will not just be complacent, but we will be concerned about our world and to see your kingdom come to our planet and our locality. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory because it's you who answers prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.